Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello. We are so excited to have Meredith on the podcast today. She just did our whole new Girl Gang Craft website. And so it's been such a treat working with her over the past, like, what, almost seven months now. And we love our new website. She did our whole logo. She did our color suite and our whole new website. So we're so excited to have her on the podcast. Meredith Cancilla is the design director and owner of Quixotic Design Co., a remote design agency based in Sacramento, California, with an emphasis in brand, package, and web design for women-owned businesses. Her design team shares a common love for progressive design and pushing the envelope. Together with her team, she develops businesses into memorable, stylized brands with custom logo, package, and web design solutions. Hi, Meredith. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Phoebe. Thanks so much for that introduction. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you. And like Phoebe mentioned, we've been working together for quite some time now. And it's just been so much fun developing the Girl Gang Craft brand and website. I feel like we've really gotten to know each other. And I'm just really looking forward to chatting today. Yay. So happy you could be here. And it's been so amazing working with you. You've been so organized and on top of your stuff. And so that's always a treat. Oh, thank you. I, yes. I'm always looking for new organization solutions. Since I'm sure you know, as a small business owner, it's always a little challenging to keep all your ducks in a row. But you know, we do our best. Absolutely. Well, you do a great job of keeping your ducks in a row. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, well, let's get started. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your business and how you got into design and how you ended up where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So we, let's see, Everything started out as just me and as a side hustle a few years ago. So I was actually going to school for something completely different and ended up switching paths right out of college. And I was on my way to grad school and studying for the GRE and thought that I was going to be developing this career in communication research. I had been a lead research assistant on a team at UCSB and worked on studies with couples. And I loved studying humans and communication behavior and thought I was going to go all the way in school and become a professor. And that summer that I was gearing up to get ready for grad school, I ended up taking on a few small design jobs. And I've always been an illustrator since I was a child. My mom was an artist and she taught me so much. And I ended up picking up those few small projects. I was working at a restaurant at the time, waiting tables, and the owner needed a new design for his menus, and that was my first real project. I ended up designing a full rebrand for all of the restaurants and all of their menus as well. I realized that at that point, I could sort of pick up these small projects and see how it worked out just as a side little job. And I ended up postponing grad school, which became permanent, and picked up all of these small freelance projects and eventually got some remote agency jobs. From there, I worked at a few different agencies, and some of them were great fits, some not so much. You know, when you work in an agency, it's super fast paced, which is fine with me. I'm like the most type A person there is. But, you know, you get to learn a lot from your creative director, but sometimes you can't really flex creatively 100% because you have someone kind of telling you what to do. And again, you're working with a client. So you're kind of limited on your, you know, range of creativity there. So I worked for a few agencies for many years. And the last agency I worked at was like a dream. It was amazing. The team that I worked with became like family. We were all so close. And you know, I ended up leaving that job after sort of a traumatic life experience happened in my family. I quit my job with no prospects, no offers, no interviews lined up, nothing, and just sort of 
went home to process everything. After about two months, I thought of the idea of Quixotic in my studio apartment, if you can even call it that. It was really like a little unit above my friend's house (laughs) that I was living in with my now husband. So I thought of this idea and I started just using it as a distraction. So I would play with ideas for names. And once I had a name I wasn't 100% sure about, I started playing with logo designs. And you know, when you do your own stuff, as I'm sure you know from this whole process, it takes so much longer because it's just so hard to work on your own content for some reason. It's like you become hypercritical. So I worked on it that summer and ended up launching this tiny design studio for my apartment that fall. And, you know, ever since then, we've really popped off. And I think that because that first year I spent so much time just creating a really unique, special experience for every client that we got so many wonderful referrals. And now we've built this whole network, you know, in Sacramento and across the nation, literally. I work with all different types of women-owned businesses. And, you know, I feel so grateful. We have a team of three now and have the ability to invest back in the business. So things have really taken off and that's kind of the story. That's so amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So what does your business look like today? Are you working with all sorts of kinds of clients or sort of a specific profile? What does it look like today? So we're really lucky now in the sense that I get to be a little more selective with the types of clients we work with. And like I mentioned before, pretty much all women-owned businesses, that's just my MO. From there, I really specialize in working with people that are ready to make the change. And when I say that, it's totally a mindset thing. So I take a consultation call before we book any project in to make sure that we are a good fit for the client and they are a good fit for our agency. You know, people need to be able to be ready to invest in their brand, ready to hand over creative control, which is a little scary, and ready to kind of let us do our job. So, you know, we work with all different types of businesses from the wedding industry to interior designers to craft fairs like yourself. We have a ton of different types of clients, but I'd say the common thread is that they are women owned. Awesome. And so, I mean, so you just sort of slid into my DMs. So, I mean, it was so great because it was, I was totally ready. Like I wasn't actively looking for anything else, but I was sort of over our website. I had been designing our logo this whole time and doing all of our brand work. So it was so nice to be able to, you know, take the next step and relinquish control. I'm also a type A person, also a little bit of a control freak. So it was really nice to hand it over. And then it was also really nice because it did feel like such a collaborative effort. We were sort of going so much back and forth on the look and aesthetic and what we really wanted from our brand identity. And I think you just did such a great job of carrying that along. Oh, thank you. You know, I think that you are one of my two types of clients that I mainly get, which is really involved, loves control, wants to be involved in the whole process, is very creative. So I definitely put you in that box. And then I have the other type of client that's like, I have no idea. Please help me. You know, (laughs) I have absolutely no concept of what I want. I need to see it in person. You know, help me out. Totally. So what do you think creates the wow factor when you're creating a brand look? So I think that's a a tough question to answer as far as wow factor. I think what I look more at now is what the brand isn't doing for me. So I see a lot of the same looking brands popping up all over Instagram. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You know, the same fonts, the same colors, the same imagery even. And I think that a really unique wow factor brand is modeled after the brand's message. So, you know, exactly what we did for your brand, where you are not a typical craft fair, right? You are so female focused and we wanted to truly incorporate your message and your values into your brand. So the colors, the fonts, everything about your brand screams girl gang craft, right? From your core. And I think that that's how you create a brand that's truly amazing by incorporating your message because that's what's going to make it truly unique to you. And there are some really beautiful trends, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're 
gorgeous brands all over Instagram and Pinterest. But, you know, in 10 years, do you want to look at your brand and say, okay, I need a refresh because I just chose this font because it's all over creative market, all over Pinterest, and all over Instagram. I think that creating something really special that is true to your brand's soul is what's going to last and really make that wow first impression. Absolutely. So how do you like, how do you even begin? Like, where do you find the inspiration when you are creating brands? So definitely Pinterest. That's my number one. Also, I have this strange little archive folder of different print pieces I've saved over the years. And I file them by style type, decade, things like that. I'll reference a lot of times inspiration from different types of industries. So say I'm working on a brand for a florist. I'm not looking at what other florists are doing. I'm looking at whatever their style is. Maybe she wants something that feels really retro and cool girl at the same time. So I'm looking at old vintage signage. I'm looking at modern brands, all different types of industries and decades so that we come up with something that's really true to that brand instead of something that's cool on Pinterest. Even though I love Pinterest to death, that's how we do all of our client briefings. We do a collaborative Pinterest board to go over all different types of typography styles, color palettes, and logo layouts. But I'd say that keeping your mind open, if any designers are listening, to inspiration outside of the genre that you're working in is really helpful. Totally. I love the folder idea and I love how organized you are about it with the different <laughs> the different decades and genres. That's great. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how I wish my desktop would be. You should see my desktop right now. It's a disaster, actually. I just organized mine and it's. I know that in five days it will go right back. There's really no point. <laughs> I mean, when you're working with images, it's all the time. It's just like, drop it on the desktop. Drop, uh, anyways. <laughs> so, okay. We do have a lot of designers that listen, but we also have a lot of like non-designers who are also creative. So like, what advice do you have for creatives who want to do their own branding or like even work with someone else, but don't really know what they want their logo to look like or their color scheme to be? Like, how do you suggest they get the the creative juices flowing? Sure. I think... My first choice for anyone that is looking to rebrand is don't try to do it yourself unless that's the absolute last resort because it's going to look amateur. It's going to look a little unprofessional and not necessarily cohesive on your first try. So I always, always suggest working with a designer. And I think the way to do that is to start saving things, whether that's on Instagram, Pinterest, magazine clippings, anything you find where you feel that maybe that color speaks to you or you love that font, start saving ideas. And so when you take a meeting with a designer, you can present all of your findings and say, you know, this is what I found that I truly love. And your designer will do the work for you looking at those and pull together the commonalities and the pieces that are going to make your new brand. So that's my number one choice, work with a designer. If you absolutely do not have the means to, do not go on a website like Fiverr. I'd say if you have to do your own logo, try just picking a font that is really simple that you feel communicates your brand aesthetic. So I would try to go on creativemarket.com, one of those types of websites, and you can actually preview how your name or text will look in a certain font. So I would kind of scroll through Again, pulling from those inspiration images that you have already saved and keep those handy in front of you. Find a font that you think is timeless and fits your brand and purchase it. Use that basically as a logo type. And a logo type is basically just your name with no embellishment or emblem or illustration next to it. Use that, pull it into Canva, export it, use it if you have to in the beginning. My next suggestion would be to create a solid color palette for yourself. So again, if you're not working with a designer, go on a website like, I think it's Coolers. It's C-O-O-L-O-R-S dot co. And this is a really cool website where you can actually generate your own color palette. So if you find a color that you really like, say you have this beautiful ochre tone and you get the hex code from that, which is the web code that you can use on Canva Instagram, your website, basically a swatch for web use only. 
So you would pull that swatch into that website and it will generate different color palettes for you around that swatch that automatically complement it very nicely. And I believe you can just hit the space bar and it will just keep generating palettes. So you can pick one that speaks to you. What was that website again? Coolers? Yeah, C-O-O-L-O-R-S dot co. It's coolers, I think. And I think my number one tip, if you are going to DIY, which again, don't, (laughs) is just be careful with your brand. It's the face of your business and presenting something that looks unpolished or unprofessional can really backfire as far as, you know, getting new clients or customers. So that's why I say keep it as simple as possible. If you're going to DIY, you know, just stick to a logo type, find a font that you like and a color palette and really stick to it. Consistency is going to communicate that professionalism that you're trying to achieve. And, you know, maybe do that for now. And then when you have the time and the resources, you can invest in a designer down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I constantly say are the two things that you should spend money on first are are graphics and a photographer. You really want to be polished in those realms. That being said, you know, not everyone has the means. So like, you know, know that branding is a practice and you can start with something and then glow up later when you do have that money coming in. But it is really important that your, you know, your logo and your website represents who you are and also who you want to be, like where you want to go. Yeah. So I love our new website. It's so fun and so, you know, not minimalistic. <laughs> so I it's so much fun. It is truly just fun in a website. I got to just explode with creativity on there. I it's, love it. It's so great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, let's talk about websites a little bit. So what are the three biggest mistakes you see on a website that can prohibit brands from making sales? Okay. This is a tough one. I'm going to try to narrow it down to three. So, so many mistakes. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think as designers, you're trained, our eyes are trained. Every designer I know thinks this way, where you look for the flaws first. That's just kind of how it goes. So number one is if your website is not mobile responsive, you're missing out on a lot of conversions. So I mean, just the last six months, 79% of smartphone users have made a purchase from their iPhone or Android or any kind of smartphone. So if you are not using a mobile-friendly, responsive site, you're missing out on that huge percentage of people ready to purchase. Number two is design utility. So I think that the design needs to be beautiful, cohesive, true to your brand, but also user-friendly. That's the thing about web is it's a little different from print where you're not just presenting a static piece to your user. You are navigating them gently through your calls to action so that they're seeing the content you want them to see and taking the actions you want them to take, eventually leading to a conversion, purchase, or you know, inquiry, contact, whatever your call to action is. Keeping things really simple and easy to understand makes for a really pleasant experience. Let's see, the next one would be too many options. So I learned recently that when you present people with more than three options, their decision-making process basically fails, (laughs) you know, the immediate decision-making process. So I think that having too many options, if you have like a huge jumbled menu or a legible type, just a ton of different options to choose from it every turn, it confuses people. And it goes back to that navigating the user part where if there are too many options, it's kind of debilitating where if you have one or two really clear, concise calls to action, it's easy to navigate that user. Absolutely. So calls to action and products, are you saying sort of narrowing down products? Or do you think that's a little bit different? Oh, I think products are different. So If you are like for your business, we have a section on your homepage that's sort of like a little teaser of your collection. And that's fine. I think, you know, on your homepage, generally, I like to include a little teaser of each section of every other page. So example, for your e-commerce, we have just like, I think, four products on there, three or four. And this is a nice way to say, hey, we are selling these things, take a look, but I'm not going to list my entire collection on this homepage for you to scroll through, right? Because that would be a little overwhelming. I'm more speaking to say you were hosting an event and you had a big event portion on your website and you have register for the event. 
become a vendor, become a sponsor, say there are like five to seven different buttons to click, it might get a little confusing for the user. So I would suggest breaking it down, having a section for registering for the event, scroll down, have a section for becoming a sponsor, things like that. Kind of like what we did for your events page where you have different content blocks and they all have a different action. And that way, when your user clicks on something, arrives at a page, a portion of a page, and they're reading the copy, the call to action correlates directly with that copy. So it's kind of guiding them. Okay, that makes so much sense. Okay, so what are three things that they can implement to make their websites easy to navigate and easy to convert? Sure. So I think that if you are selling a course or a membership or an event, anything of that sort, you need to have a sales page, especially for converting. So I think that this helps, you know, psychologically, it's unproven, right? We all know what a sales page is. It kind of walks you through what will be covered, any objections, testimonials, and helps your user feel comfortable in making that purchase. Number two would be a seamless checkout process. Getting the purchase in the first place is tricky, right? Getting someone to add something to cart. So once that's in the cart, we want to make it as easy as possible for them to check out, whether that's including a PayPal button or Shopify, or just going through the process yourself on your own website, adding something to your cart and checking out and asking yourself, is this something that's easy? Is it seamless? You know, do I have to log into a million things to be able to purchase a product? Things like that. Just check it yourself and make sure that it's seamless. And the last part I'd say would be to keep all of your buttons the same color if possible. Stick to one or two colors max. And that way your user knows, okay, when I see purple, that means I'm supposed to click on it. Our eyes look for color to visually cue us into what's an action point. So just like we did on your website with the periwinkle buttons, they're used throughout the site. We have a few button styles, which is okay. But I think that for your main calls to action, you want to make sure that you're using the same consistent looking button so that the user knows, okay, I need to click on this to achieve this action. I love that. It's all rather like psychological, isn't it? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. It's like you're holding the user's hand through your website and just kind of guiding them where you want them to go. Totally. And we're sort of getting rid of barriers to entry. We want to have as like little clicks as possible and really have it sort of a seamless experience. So it is easy for people to actually convert rather than get lost along the way somehow. Totally. Yeah. See, you already know. (laughs) I know, but I'm glad you came in and saved the day a little bit. (laughs) That makes me happy. Okay. So let's switch a little bit to Instagram. So you do such a great job of creating engaging content on Instagram. I mean, I've really been watching you. Like not only are your graphics on like on point, but also you're really creating community and creating education on your Instagram. So let's take a look at sort of your Instagram plan right now. What does that look like? What advice do you have for brands to make eye-catching content that converts? And like, how are you sort of creating a community with your brand on Instagram? I love this question. So we hired actually a social media assistant in February and Kendall has been doing so much of this for me. And I really struggled to be honest as a business owner to figure out what are my content pillars? What am I going to post? What am I going to write about my captions? And what am I going to make my posts look like? Does it all look cohesive? It's a lot of questions and felt a little overwhelming to me. So back when it was just me, I started breaking down the types of posts by three main pillars. So we have sort of our behind the scenes client work or in the studio, what our day-to-day looks like. We have an education pillar, which is about teaching entrepreneurs about design, little hacks, things like that. And then we have the business, which is now called Moneymaker portion, which is really about tips for growing a small business. So I'd say the most important part of posting any type of content is to nail down your pillars first. So, you know, have two to three concepts that you revisit frequently so that your audience gets used to, okay, she does educational videos. I'm going to get some design hacks and some fun insights into their brand. So giving them some insight into what to expect helps them become repeat viewers. 
My second tip would be to get on Canva right away. Most designers probably wouldn't suggest this, but I'm diehard Canva fan. I love Canva. I think it's so helpful for small businesses that maybe don't have the perfect design sense, but just want to get something done quickly that looks nice. I think Canva is amazing. There's so many great templates on there. It's so easy to learn. And I'm sure you've used it before and experienced, you know, even with hardly any design experience, you can hop on there, watch a few tutorials, go over to YouTube, just learn how to use it. And then you can start pumping out templates and basically just plug in new content every time. So say you make one blog post story template for Instagram. So every time you have a blog post, you just plug in the title and the description and a new image and you export it, upload it to Instagram. So everything starts looking really cohesive and beautiful and true to your brand. So Canva is definitely instrumental in that whole process. The other part I would suggest would be to see what others in your space are doing. And I don't mean hop over to your competitor's profile and start copying their exact content. I mean, take some notes of the type of content you're seeing. So maybe you see a lot of memes or a lot of pics of the founder, things like that. Take note of what you're seeing and what their users enjoy, and then start applying that to your audience and see how it performs. And then the last suggestion would be to definitely get on a app like Later or Planoly, one of those where you can arrange your grid and plan out your content ahead of time. So you're not worrying about posting on schedule. It kind of just takes the stress out of it for business owners. I mean, it's one less thing to worry about and it's a really nice system to have in place. I know later in Planoly do that auto post feature, which is a lifesaver. We do that for Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. So we can pre-schedule all of our posts ahead of time and write our captions, have everything nicely organized in one place. It's just incredible. So those are my tips. That's pretty much it. Those are some great tips. And I'm so happy that you are providing such tangible tips for our audience. I love that. And all of those sort of echo things that I've shared in our content class as well. I mean, everyone knows I love Canva. Pretty much all of our content is made on Canva these days. I do a little like Adobe, but everything. So, you know, some of those even backgrounds that you have on our website, I just throw those up in Canva, add some sparkles that we've been using and have a ball with it. (laughs) So fun. Yeah. And we also, we also talk about content categories in our class. We call them content categories. I know people call them pillars as well. Yeah. Really trying to figure out what sort of ideas that you're sharing with your audience and making sure that those are consistent and those are going to sort of encapsulate what your brand is all about. Totally. Yeah. And you also said, so see what other people are doing in similar spaces. So what sort of brands are you feeling inspired by lately? Where do you get inspiration? And what companies do you think right now are doing a really good job with their content or their design or their community? Yeah. So we're shifting a bit. Our target audience is shifting a bit. We are launching a new product this fall. So we're pitching to a different sort of audience that will hopefully be more inclusive. So right now we've been working with women-owned businesses that have the means to invest back in their business, right? So example, like your company, you have the means and the time to invest in your brand and not everyone has that financial capital ready to go, right? So I think that we're going to be switching gears a little bit so we can incorporate more lower budget items to accommodate women-owned businesses that are just getting started. So in doing that, I'm sort of switching the accounts that I'm taking inspiration from. And one of the accounts that I see doing a superb job on Instagram is Go Live HQ. I don't know if you've seen their Instagram, but no, I don't know them. They have website templates at a really affordable price point for Squarespace. And they do a great job. They have all these workshops. They hop on IGTV. You know, they're quickly on TikTok right when it was picking up and I think they do a great job of keeping up with trends and I've seen them incorporate trends, memes, things like that into all of their content. So they're very up to date. I really like that about them. Another company would be the blog stop. I think that, so she has a design agency like I do, but she also has a template shop where she sells, I think, social media templates and I believe website templates. And I think she does a great job of keeping everything really relative to her brand. So all of her 
captions and content really look and feel consistent. And even as a designer in this stage in my career, I still like to read her posts and I get tips and advice from her. I think that she has great content and is really thorough. You know, instead of posting multiple times a day, quick captions that don't really mean anything, she really takes the time to break down everything in detail, which I really appreciate. And let's see, a last account. I think that's all that I'm, you know, checking out at the moment, but it's definitely shifting. I mean, we have a whole list of everything's in a spreadsheet, of course, my type A self, (laughs) but we have a spreadsheet of different competitors across different products or services. So, you know, we kind of look to all of these different spaces, depending on the service or product that we're trying to incorporate in that post or story. So I think keeping your options open, keeping in mind that it's okay to look at your competitors and see what they're doing, but don't get too wrapped up in, oh, they have 50,000 followers and I only have 500 or don't get wrapped up in how many likes they get or comments, things like that. It's just there to show you content-wise, like here are some good ideas that resonated really well with this audience, right? So take little pieces from it, make it your own. Definitely don't copy, but I think it's really helpful to see what other people are doing in your own space. Absolutely. I love getting inspiration from other people. And I think exactly what you said, this sort of like lack or jealousy mentality, I think doesn't serve us, especially when we're sort of starting out as a business, or even if we're in the middle of our business, like we're not going to look the same like social wise as some people who have been in business for a long time or, you know, have a bigger team. So really sort of keeping, you know, your eyes on the prize and moving forward without sort of feeling bad about looking at all the other brands. You know, there is room for all of us and really sort of taking inspiration, but not letting that weigh you down, I think is so important. Totally. It's so easy to look at someone's highlight reel and think, wow, my life is nothing like this, but you know, you can get wherever you want to be when you put the work in. And also we have no idea what's going on in people's lives outside of social in real life. So, you know, yes. I think comparisonitis is so real, but just got to do your best to take it day by day and focus on your own projects, your own content. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. You're so organized. Like I know you're such a big fan of creating systems. Can you talk a little bit about the systems? I know that you use a lot of automations, at least at the beginning of our invoice process together. I was really impressed by that. Can you talk a little bit about systems? Thank you. That means so much. I love (laughs) being organized. I'm not always organized. Okay. I really try and, you know, it doesn't always happen, but having systems in place is something that is so key as a small business owner. I think that if you're just starting out, this is something that I would highly, highly suggest is invest in some sort of software to start automating processes with clients. So my number one program that is my baby is Debsato. And this basically handles all of my lead generation, my client proposals, contracts, and invoices. I have automated workflows set up to send an email right when someone submits a proposal. And then that proposal directs them directly to my contract. And after the contract sign, it goes directly to my invoice. So we have all of these workflows set up so that I make one template and all I do is plug in a new client's information and Dubsado takes care of it for me. So I used to spend so much time writing proposals because you'd have to go through and change the name everywhere, things like that. And this has smart fields on all of your forms. So I can just type in Phoebe's name and it will populate her name in all of these templates for me, which is wonderful. Another feature of this software is that I can store all of my packages. So all of my offerings are neatly organized in a little list with their description, title, and price. So that way I can add these to a proposal super easily and I'm not debating price or anything like that with a client. It's already established. It's in the proposal. It's good to go. So that's been a lifesaver. I truly, truly attribute my growth in part this year to Dubsado. I love that. Yeah. Backing up a little bit. How are you using that for lead generation? Oh yeah. So I have a form on my website and 
This was created actually through Dubsado. I host my website through Wix, but I have this form on Dubsado. It's a lead generation form. I can have people fill it out, check off different project types that they're interested in, and then Dubsado will direct them through a workflow for me, depending on their selection. So it's actually an HTML form that I plugged into my website. They make it really easy for you. And that sounds a little intimidating, but basically you just design a form in Dubsado, they give you the code and you just plug it into your website, super easy. And that form will show up on your actual website. So basically that keeps track of leads for me and automatically sends them an email to set up a consultation if they meet certain criteria. So that's what that's I use. Yeah, it's incredible. And I have that linked with my email provider Flowdesk. It's just wild. So, and so is that people who are like, oh, I could be interested or are you offering a freebie in exchange for that or? No. So this is just people that are purely interested in design services. So this is the contact form on my website. I use Flowdesk for actual email opt-in with freebies and just our general opt-in pop-up on our website. Flowdesk is another program that I'm just wild about. It has completely changed the way we do our email marketing. It makes it so easy. And if you are a beginner, it is the best. They have the most beautiful designs that look so professional and totally anti-MailChimp. They're just amazing. And it's really easy to create forms, opt-ins, and workflows through Flowdesk. So again, just creating these systems that definitely takes time in the first round, but over time, it saves you so much. It just makes things so much easier. That's awesome. I love Flowdesk also. I think we got we got Flowdesk from you. You were the one who told yeah. us about Flowdesk. Yes, oh, we love yes. it. I we love it. Friends. I'm like, you need to get on Flowdesk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, love it. So the next most important program to me would be Asana. I use this internally for our team. So all projects, even internal projects like this upcoming launch, I have due dates, projects, descriptions and team members assigned in Asana. So everything is organized and on time and we can see the progress of every project as it's happening in real time. And there's that nice feature to be able to communicate directly with each other. It just helps to have everything in one place. So, you know, when I give a designer a project, I can link the project folder, the mood board, client notes, things like that, all in one nice, neat package. So Asana is great for that. And let's see, the last program we use literally every day is Trello. And my assistant uses this to organize all of our content. So she plans out, you know, not just what are we posting to Instagram, but what are the pillars that we're going to be talking about frequently? What are we posting on stories? What are we posting to our feed? What are we posting to Pinterest? What emails are going out weekly? What is going to be featured on our blog? Who is featured in the moneymaker group? Things like that. So everything is at a glance on one big calendar and we're able to see very clearly what's coming up and sort of sync things in a timely manner that makes sense to our audience. And yeah, I love Trello. I'm still getting used to it. Kendall, my assistant, is an absolute whiz at it. So she's taught me a lot. And those are pretty much all the systems we use as far as automation goes. But I think, yeah, my number one would be Dubsado. That has truly just changed my business structure completely. I love that. And interesting that you use Trello and Asana. I mean, I just feel like they're a little bit more inner, like exchangeable, but is that incorrect? Are they different? Like we have our content and our sort of internal stuff on Asana. Do you you think, yeah. Do you think there's a benefit for having sort of another, what do you like about a Trello? What's different from Asana? So I guess I just like the way that Trello has been organized with the cards. And I guess that Asana does that now too. I've just always used Asana for product management. So I didn't even think to really put content in there, but that's a great idea. I have content organization tasks for my assistant in there, but we keep all of our content on Trello. And, you know, I'm not 100% sold on Trello as, you know, a holy grail program, but I think that it works for us in the sense that I can see everything nicely organized in columns. I just need to see things visually, you know, what's coming up across multiple channels, which is kind of hard to do, right? I mean, we have so many different outlets these days. So I really appreciate the organization of Trello, but I would love to hear more how you use Asana for social and just content planning. I think that's great. Oh, yeah. We're also sort of getting used to Asana. Like I'm actually like sort of a pencil and paper kind of girl and it's like a disaster, but it works for my head. But, you know, as <laughs> as as, we're, as our team sort of like continuously grows and then 
whatever, you know, I have to communicate with other humans and not just my own head. Yeah. So we sort of have a sauna working as like all of our like launch dates and everything that's happening. We all have our sort of individual tasks. And then we have a content calendar too. So we're trying to figure out we're like in the middle of figuring out how to sort of integrate them all like, you know, seeing the content next to the launches at the same time, and then also being able to take them away. So there's we're, we're like working out some kinks. But yeah, everything's on a asana right now, internal and external. Okay, cool. I'll have to check that out. It's I would love to have everything in one place. Anyway, I'm a little opposed to using all these different programs for different things, it gets a little overwhelming. So I definitely would be interested in trying that out. So many apps. So many. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) And then there's apps for connecting apps. Like I just started Zapier recently. Okay. What do you use that for? I've been wanting to try it. So I'm using it specifically right now for Facebook ad leads because they do on Facebook, like with just leads, like they do a little pop-up form right within Facebook. And rather than them clicking on like to go to my flow desk form or whatever, they're just typing that right on the Facebook infrastructure. So I'm like, let's less barrier to entry. And then so Facebook collects those emails, but then you, you know, then I would have to like download that spreadsheet at the end of each day. So that's automatically connecting to my flow desk to segment those people and put them in our workflow. Oh, I love that. I'm yeah. all and about workflows and flow desk. There's I know, so me too. Me too. And then I think there's so many other uses for Zapier too. I'm just getting into it. But I just feel like with that alone, it's worth the $20 a month or whatever. Oh, yeah. I think I have one Zap going with Dubsado to flow desk where when I officially sign someone as a client, they're added to a client section workflow on Flowdesk. Okay. With- I haven't really checked on it yet. Not sure how it's doing, but just sort of testing the waters. It's a cool app to be able to connect all these different things. So yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. I think it integrates Dubsado with Flowdesk. Exactly. But yeah. Dubsado integrates with Flowdesk on its own also? No, you have to do it through Zapier. Okay. Okay. So many apps, so many integrations. I know. I'm so happy to geek out with integrations with you. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about a little bit about you expanding your team. Like how how has that been? How has it been having an assistant since February and just hiring a new designer? Like how did you know you are ready for help? And what does that look like working with a team now? It is incredible. I hesitated for so long. I was so afraid of having any overhead and I think it's been the best decision I've ever made for my business. So now I can focus my time on the tasks that actually make me money. So someone else, Kendall, baby angel, is doing all of my social work for me, which I, honest to God, am not good at. I don't like doing it. It's just not for me. And she is so wonderful and helpful. So Kendall has really been a life changer as far as our flow of work goes. So I'm really able to focus on delegating projects and working on projects myself that I enjoy. So that has been wonderful. And is she a full-time employee or contractor? Part-time. She's part-time. So I think that what happened is I've always had design contractors and that's just been easy so far. I like to do a trial period before I make sure that someone's officially joining our team to make sure that it's a really good fit because you know, it's really easy to put something nice on your portfolio, but maybe that designer doesn't check out in real life. So we last year had our biggest quarter we've ever had in mainly just December. And Christmas is for some reason always our busiest time. And I was working 13 hour days going crazy. I had no time. I had no family or fun time. And I just realized like, this is not how I want my life to be. I started this business so that I would have freedom, not feel like a slave to my business. So I'd say that if you are buried in work and you're starting to book projects far in advance, it's definitely time to start considering getting some outside help, even if it's not doing the thing that you do. So I didn't hire a designer first. I, I hired an assistant and it has been so nice to take those tasks off of my plate and have someone that's eager to help and wants to take things off of my plate. It's amazing. So now I'm really able to just focus on the things I want to focus on. And, you know, also the wonderful thing about adding to your team is if you're able to afford someone to help you with marketing, 
that will help you bring in more business. So while you're working and being busy, you're not at a stalemate afterwards because you haven't invested time in getting new clients. So this is a really common situation that happens with businesses just starting out where you're slammed and then there's nothing because you don't have time when you're slammed to do any outreach, right? So having an extra teammate that can help you with this stuff, even when you're busy, help you start booking in advance and get those products lined up for you is the best. And it just creates a more steady workflow instead of peaks and valleys where it, you know, honestly causes anxiety. Being super busy one second and then having nothing the next is a little stressful. So definitely hire people when you're able to. It will take so much stress out of your life. Yes, 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 yes. And you can focus on the things that you're good at. Like if something drains you, like for me, it's really hard for me to be in my inbox. Like I love communicating with you all, but at the same time, there's so much of it. So like, it's just, you know, and I, I can't sit, if I sit in my inbox all day, I got no work done, you know? So, you know, I personally, as we're moving forward, like I want to be focusing more on like the content creation and teaching and having other people assist me with the other things that sort of take up time that I don't have. Right. And think how much, you know, knowledge you could bring to your audience if you had the time to do it, right? Like just having the time is incredible. And also you're going to make more money down the road once you start honing in on your specialty and that's what you spend your time doing. That's really how you grow. Yeah. So what's next for you? Where do you, where do you see your business going like in the next three years? Where do you see yourself in three years? That is a huge question. Uh, (laughs) We're actually changing very soon. So we're about to launch our website template shop, which I've been working on for almost the last year. We've developed a bunch of website templates for Wix that are super easy to use. They are beautiful. They look professionally designed, but Basically, someone that's just starting out could purchase one, watch our tutorials, and have a full-fledged website ready to go right away. So it's going to be offered at a lower price point than our web design service, obviously, since it's not custom. And we're going to be launching in October. I'm super, super excited. Our team has just been gearing up. And yeah, I honestly cannot wait. So hoping to bring in more passive income that way and build out our team so I could bring on a full-time designer and start branching out with our team even more. That's the goal. I'd like to scale the business to multiple six figures within the next three years. Very ambitious money goals on my end. I am very money motivated. It's just kind of how my brain works. I love the products we work with. I want to continue to work with the amazing clients that we already do, but maybe take on less products myself so that I have a little more freedom to, you know, feel that CEO life and take a vacation when I want to. So those are my goals for the next few years. Vacation. I know, right? Like, what does that even mean now? (laughs) But I'm really, really excited to see how things go and start developing multiple income streams and just diversifying our team and branching out. That's really, really important to me. I think this template shop is the beginning of something that is going to completely change the business. And I'm really, really excited about it. Congratulations. I mean, passive income. Yay. Love it. (laughs) I don't care for that, right? Yes. Wait, Meredith, what's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay. 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 I guess I'm Scorpio Sagittarius, but mostly Scorpio. Okay, for sure. Apparently the least crazy week of Scorpio. You see all the (laughs) crazy like Scorpio memes that are just like people... (laughs) like murder and like deceit. And that's like major Scorpio vibes. I'm not totally like that. Fair, fair. Love it. Okay, cool. Well, this has been so amazing, Meredith. Thank you so much for your time. Same. I'm so, so excited. We got to chat and spend this time together. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So Instagram is at Quixotic Design Co., and let's see, our website, quixoticdesignco.com. That's Q-U-I-X-O-T-I-C designco.com. And keep an eye out for our website template launch. We're going to be offering a discount to Girl Gang Craft subscribers. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Meredith. It's been lovely. Of course. Thank you, Phoebe. I really appreciate you having me on. Yay. Bye. 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 
So it has been a pleasure talking to our amazing website designer, Meredith. She is so on top of it and her designs are literally so gorgeous. So we are obsessed with our new site, you guys, and it has already paid for itself multiple times over. For full transparency, we spent about $5,000 on our site and logo design. And I know that is steep for some of you creatives starting out or just steep generally in the middle of a pandemic. So I hear you. How would you like to have access to her designs for just $2.97? There's no extra zero on the end of that. It's $2.97. So yeah, the lovely Meredith of Quixotic Design Co. is making templates. That means you can just plug and play your own content into these bad boys and create a huge impact with just a small investment. These templates are made for Wix and designed for entrepreneurs. There are five templates to choose from so you can grab the perfect one for your business. This price for a template is only available from October 20th to October 26th. So normally these templates are going to be $3.97, but just for the launch week, they are available with our discount code for only $2.97. That's $100 off. So are you ready to have a professionally designed site without the price tag? The ability to edit, customize, and update your own site with ease? A strategic and effective launch plan that will eliminate your pre-launch jitters? a website that sells your offers for you while you sleep. Hello, passive income, a spot at the very top with all the other badass business owners who decided it was time to invest in their business. So if that's a yes, head to bit.ly slash GGC website. GGC is capitalized website is all lowercase to grab your fresh new template. Use our special GGC code to grab the discount. Plug in GGC 2020 for $100 off. So this is only valid October 20th through 26th. So again, this is a super limited time offer. After the 26th, prices go up to $397. But if you are listening to this episode after October 26th, use code GGC25 for $25 off. Again, that link is bit.ly slash GGC website. Can't wait to see your sparkly new site and hear about you bringing in all those views and that money. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.